0: it's four o'clock in los angeles it's six o'clock in chicago handing the big apple It's 7 p.m hello everybody i'm mad dog scipio joined as i am each and every week god help me by the mouth of the south amelia the pitbull chapman and this is america's best podcast what's the buzz tonight a returning guest and one of our favorites i love this guy he makes me think he makes me laugh sometimes he even makes me cry you're going to see one of those reasons why you're going to I'm going to show Mark Sotkin the longest four minutes of his life tonight. (laughs) But our guest tonight is Hollywood TV writer, producer, director, sometimes actor. You're going to see a bit of that tonight. Mr. Mark Sotkin, how are you, my friend? When did I make you cry? Well, I'm going to show you (laughs) a (laughs) video. (laughs) Does <laughs> that have something to do with my acting? <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all yes. good. here's a good thing. They're very therapeutic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> very therapeutic. Well, first of all, it's been far too long. Yes. Yeah. I apologize, but the show has has picked up and taken off its uh it's it's actually kind of taken a life of its own, which we're grateful for.
2: Yes, <laughs> uh-huh. um,
0: yeah, we're, we're so wow. thankful that right. uh, that we have an audience. <laughs> we got an audience, right? <laughs> um, but we. I, have-
2: I got. I, listen, I got to take my hat off to you. Building an audience online is not an easy thing.
0: No, no, it it's not. not. A,
2: you, you've been at, how long, how, So when did you start
0: this? Okay, I started this show six years ago, six and a half years ago.
2: All right, so it's an overnight success. Great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: it's, it's the way it works. People are always amazed at mm-hmm. how hard it is to. to- oh, yeah. To- mm-hmm. Well, you were yeah.
0: on one of the earlier shows I did uh, with Shirley, my late co host, Shirley. And uh, we were doing, I think we were doing, talking about your crystals. We were doing a, the psychic show. Back then,
2: we were talking about UFOs and yeah, (laughs) everything.
0: Absolutely, I love that guy. See, Mark, Mm -hmm. Mark is a conspiracy kook, Amelia, like we are, Uh and I love that about him. Well, you're kind of a conspiracy kook, Mark. (laughs) You play with crystals, other than Taylor Swift
2: being in the CIA, and I'm sure he doesn't
1: play with (laughs) crystals.
2: I have no doubt that one. I don't remember any conspiracies that I've been signing up for
0: you. (laughs) Right. I'm absolutely certain something's wrong with Dale.
1: <laughs> what, that she looks like Anton that's LaVey's a, daughter? <laughs> well,
0: that's going to be another show, Amelia. Mark that down Taylor Swift Show. Um, yes. <laughs> mark the in,
2: You're the only one talking about it, I got to tell you. Right? Yeah.
0: Telling you what, brother. Yeah. It's been a year, my friend, since you've been back here. Uh, wow. Well, let's, let's catch up with you. First mm-hmm. of all, thank you for the dieting and exercise tips. I went from yeah. 209. Down to one ninety six so X. far. Oh
2: man, excellent!
0: Yes. And, you, and I'm sure
2: you feel better. You got to feel and
0: better. I really do, and it's a slow process, but it's staying off. That's the key.
2: You can't. I'm do working it. now on bringing the sugar it. down. Doesn't happen overnight, but it's no. worth
0: doing. My no. biggest thing, and you know, just for to, to let everybody know, I'm a diabetic, and my biggest thing is curbing my sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. And that's always been my problem. Yep. I think everybody who doesn't love dessert, okay, right? Yeah. Who doesn't love dessert? Well, let me tell everybody a little bit about our friend Mark Sockin. And Mark is an award-winning writer, producer, and director who's influenced some of America's most iconic television shows. His credits include Brent Blansky's Beauty. You, it's wish. funny way with you got if you say iconic shows, and you start with Blansky's Beauty. <laughs> I saved the you best love. for last, brother. Oh, I have to put this in like a timeline here. Wow. You wish. First time out. Oh, <laughs> man. Man. We to, we're going to talk. We,
2: we got to talk. We, we got to talk about what we're listening here now.
0: <laughs> <The> Golden <laughs> Palace, Brilliant. Golden Girls. It's yes. living the line. Laverne oh, and Shirley. Yes. I'm a big girl now. Working stiffs and the Gary Shanley Show 25th Anniversary Special, which uh, Mark wrote. And in 2015, he received an award award for uh, the film The Decision, in which he stars. And he is the author of several books, With Time Off for Good Behavior, My Favorite, The Comatose Adventures of Lenny Rose, and Kind of Dirty Paris Confessions. Mark is also the host of his own podcast, Everything About It is Appealing. And Mark is the recipient of the prestigious Writers Guild Award for Best Comedy Variety Shows or Special. He is always candid, always informative, and is always a welcome guest here. Would you please welcome Mark Sotkin? Yes,
2: welcome. Wow, you're welcome to my funeral. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus.
0: Well, it's great to have you back. It really, really is. Um, So what have you been up to? Let's talk about what you've been up to here.
2: Oh, let's see. So, uh, uh, I wrote a pilot this year that's still being ch- chopped. Okay. Um, I actually just wrote a screenplay that's an adaptation, uh, adapted version of uh, Kind of Dirty Paris Confessions. Oh, and, beautiful! And huh. we're just getting ready to shop that. So, we're gonna see beautiful. What yeah.
0: Listen, if you need a showrunner, I'm the guy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I need a showrunner. I, I, hopefully, I'm the
0: guy. <laughs> yeah, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Let's talk. Uh, you know, we had Lacey J. Dalton here last night, Country Music Hall of Fame inductee. Um, talked about writing, and then I knew you were coming on tonight, and that's your, your uh, prolific talent, is you're a writer? Um, I asked her last night about writing, the uh, the um, the art of writing and Uh, Her muse and what she goes to to find words uh, for a song. I want to kind of flip the script a little bit. Uh, How do you write? Do you write, Mark, for the masses or do you write for what makes you laugh?
2: Yeah, Uh, it's it's whether I think it's funny enough or not. And fortunately, over the years, the people who have hired me uh, have felt that there's enough people who share my sense of humor that we're going to be okay so yeah. um i mean part of my writing process when, when i write i i always it's harder when you're doing a novel but certainly yeah. when i'm reading a script every time i sit down i start i go back to the beginning and it's always yeah. is this funny enough is this funny enough is
0: it funny enough um well that's the question you know that's a, a remarkable question is it funny enough define for me funny enough because well,
2: jerry lewis because had, as a professional comedy writer mm-hmm. you can write a joke and i know that it's a joke right but is it is it you know there's there's like a couple jokes uh, When you watch shows, every once in a while somebody will say something, and the and the punchline is whatever. Yeah, I've is seen it the
3: kind me- of I've like a the trigger
0: thing? Is it is it like a trigger that you know? It's like this thing pops in your head and goes, that, "Okay, that's the one." Like that, that's that's funny. if you're lucky.
2: Yes, so yeah. there's writing jokes because you know you need a joke here. Yeah, and then every once in a while something happens, then you go. That's pretty fucking funny, Mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and that's great. I mean, that that's, you know, I've, I've always said, I don't write the jokes. I just get to read them first. I don't yeah. know how, I don't know how, it's how I'm wired. It's how my brain is wired. Um, and when it's cooking and it's working, uh, it's great. It's fun. Yeah. And, and, More, and, you, you hear- know, there's other times when you're on a show like You Wish, Right, first time out, and you <laughs> might as well be working on the coal mine. <laughs> <laughs> dude, when it's when not good, the it. cast isn't great. You know.
0: Do you hear when you're writing? Do you hear the joke in your head? How how the uh, the how it should sound? The inflection, the the tonality, and if if you do, how do you get? How do you get an actor? Uh, or, or a cast member to to hear it the way you hear it, or to say it the way you hear it. I should say,
2: uh, a couple things there. Okay, mm-hmm. so firstly, when I when I'm writing, you know, I'm basically doing improv in my head. Okay. okay. My background: mm-hmm. when I first went to Hollywood, I was uh, I was actually discovered in an improv show. I, I did a lot of improv. So when I'm writing, yeah. I'm basically improving in my head and like if it's golden girls if i'm writing dorothy what would i say if i was dorothy Mm -hmm. here
1: Yeah,
2: what would i say if i was now if you get lucky now a character like dorothy um, uh uh golden girls had very much my sensibilities so i could write all four of the ladies yeah my favorite was to write her that character um I'm cynical, you know, I'm all those things that that Dorothy was. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, and sometimes you're working on a show and the characters aren't as clearly defined.
0: Mm -hmm. And
2: and that makes it tougher. Um, So, yeah. I think it's it's fair to
0: say. And and
2: just, wait, the the other part of that is, and sometimes you'll write it how you hear it in your head.
1: Mm-hmm. But if you have
2: a great actor, they're going to bring something else to it. Yes. That,
0: that's it's, where it's I was a, going to go.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I was going to go there because I have a question for you. And I don't know if there's a defined answer to this. But clearly on the Golden Girls, every one of those actresses were hilarious. Mm-hmm. They, and the they, they all hit home runs. They all hit home yeah, runs. Yeah, <laughs> every one of them. But right. there was a special emphasis. I, as a viewer, I see it. I, I don't know if maybe I'm looking at something, you know, in, in a prejudicial light. But to me, um, Dorothy always had the, that, you know, the home run lines. She always, she was always the go to. Why was it that? Um, that you know, B. Arthur had like she was so good at what she was. What, because that's what—that's
2: your answer. She's she was brilliant.
0: She yeah. was brilliant,
2: and the character was also the glue.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. true, true enough. Yeah. yeah. So and she, she had that look. They, they were
2: all funny, but she's—you know—her uh, character was certainly less silly, <laughs> yeah, for lack of a better word, than the other yeah.
0: characters. Mm-hmm. Was it hard to write for Betty White? Because no. she just seemed like Betty just seemed like no, okay, very aloof. Time. Was that <laughs> and I gotta ask you. No, she God bless her, she's gone now. Um, but she just had this. I have a feeling that she was smarter than she appeared. Because she always oh, appeared. I'm she yeah, she's that's what I'm gonna get to. She's she always appeared like in interviews and on television, she always appeared aloof. Like no, she was <laughs>
2: Not at all. Yeah. yeah. No. But, so here's the thing. So Betty,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. uh,
2: <laughs> Betty was really fat, really quick, mm-hmm. really fast, and devilish. Okay. That, okay. That's what I'm
0: getting at. She, there you go. She, go.
2: ahead. She loved, if, if we would write something that was a double entendre, mm-hmm. her favorite. Her, she loved just, to go
0: for the dirty. Yeah. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> Directly to the gutter. But yeah, really but do it so well, and she was just herself, was just so fast,
0: and so she no, seemed like such. I a lo- sweet I love.
2: They were all great, but Betty was. You <laughs> know, I'd grown up watching Betty, so mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was a thrill. Yeah, I, Betty and I got along really well.
0: Amelia, you know what I'm talking about. She <laughs> yes. seemed like such a sweet old lady. She
1: did, and then. You know? And then sometimes she'd come up with just the funniest things like, oh, yeah, she got pregnant, but her husband was stationed miles, a thousand miles away. But somehow that thing flew and oh, from thousand miles away and she ended up having the baby. I'm like, uh, uh, Rose, think. How could it fly from a thousand miles away? And she got pregnant. Think about that.
0: By the way, Mark, she yeah. knows all your dialogue for B. And
1: then you know that questions
0: Amelia for Mark.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then I loved also how you know how you would write for uh, B. Arthur and that look also. She always had that great look. And she that was the that b- and that, that was also
2: the brilliance of the director uh, Terry mm-hmm. Hughes. So Terry Hughes was the one who developed. You know when they were around the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. Someone would say a joke, and then Terry would go reaction from B, reaction from Rue, back to B, over to Estelle. And he would take a joke that was, you know, a 10-second laugh and turn it into a 25-second yeah. laugh. Because <laughs> of their reactions. Uh, and that, and that's their brilliance. It's not like anybody was writing uh, and the ladies react. You know, you didn't have to do that. Uh, you just had to get the joke that was funny, and 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 part of that was we shot in front of a live audience, so he would keep it going as long as the audience was laughing. So
1: that's fantastic,
0: remarkable.
1: And when you and when you would sit like in front of a table read to, to read the show before you went on air, did you guys change anything before a table read? Uh,
2: so my job was. It's writing, 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 writing. So Mm -hmm. part of my job, I'm called what's called a showrunner, okay? Mm -hmm. So kind of like a head football coach. Um, I'm responsible for every department, but I don't design the sets, but the set designer shows me what they're gonna do, the costumes people, I go to editing, but writing is is my biggest focus. And so I've gotta get this week's script ready, Mm Script. It's going to be next week's script ready. Mm. Script. It's going to be after that, and we're going to do twenty-five episodes. So I've got to, I've got to keep all those stories going. But from so, the week before uh, a script goes to the table, that whole week we're playing with it and adjusting it until Friday, which is the day we shoot this week's show, but for next mm-hmm. week's show, I will go in a room with three or four people who I trust, and we'll just go line by line by line mm-hmm. again. So even things like, um, you know, and, and this didn't happen. If if Blanche would say, uh, what time is it?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No one just says, what time is it? Dorothy's got to say, why? Is the you got to give Mel Bishman a sponge bath? What, you know, there's got to be... There's is always there a comeback. Is, is, is there right. something better than just what time is What time is right. it? So anyway, oh yeah, sure. that would be Friday. We'd go line by line. And then that Monday morning, we have the first table read. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which is always exciting because the ladies have – it's cold reading. The ladies haven't seen the script. Um, there's a whole bunch of people there, you know, makeup light all those people were there. And you're going to hear laughs. And you're also going to hear stuff that isn't working. Right. So after the Monday table, I'm going to tell the director, OK, you can go work on these scenes, yeah. but don't bother working on these scenes because
0: we're going to go do some more work. I've so got we- a question right along that line, yes. right along that line. How do you keep material fresh? How do you keep yourself from getting stale or from retelling a joke or uh, or a bit?
2: Uh, we're not supposed to do that.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> so, but you don't every know, once in a while, and, and, and I don't do a lot, a lot, mm-hmm. okay. But mm-hmm. every once in a while, I will use a joke that I wrote in another show, mm-hmm. and real fans will catch me, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and I don't. It's not stealing; it's an homage, okay. Sure, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so well, uh, there's always. Here's the problem. There's only seven stories, okay? Yeah. Uh, the rent is due, Lucy's painted her hair purple, and the boss is coming to dinner, your high school mm-hmm. nemesis is coming. So how do I do 200 <laughs> episodes of a show and fool you that it's still the same seven stories?
0: Yeah, seven storylines and 200 episodes. Mm-hmm. You
2: so yeah. So, how do you keep... You, you keep it fresh by, for instance, especially on sitcom, uh, writing staffs don't necessarily you know they had done 4 years of golden girls before i went on golden girls it's it's not uncommon for there to be big changes in writing staffs mm-hmm. after 3 or 4 years cuz you do start getting stale and it's like yeah. someone has to go oh yeah i think we did that one already
0: mm-hmm.
2: um so yeah it, it's
0: can you get away with totally unreal unbelievable storylines in a sitcom Uh, then or today, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. You know, I've I've told you this before. My background is pro wrestling. Right. Um, And there's a term that we had in wrestling called suspension of disbelief. Uh Okay. You know where I'm going with it then. How do you – go ahead.
2: Well, uh, especially if you're you're doing comedy. So Laverne and Shirley Mm – was a cartoon with people okay okay right, the first right joke that it. i the first joke that i wrote on vernon shirley uh, was, was on stage we were at a run through okay and i had just started that week and yeah. um they were trapped in a house that they thought was haunted okay <laughs> and they're trying to get out and there was a suit of armor in this house uh and i said you know take the helmet from the suit of armor put it on Squiggy, and use them as a battering ram and try to get out. <laughs> that's a cartoon. That's bigger yeah, than what that's not, sure. re, that's not real life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's...
2: On the Vernon Shirley, that yeah, works. Sure,
0: That's Wiley, Coyote, way. and Roadrunner. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah.
2: That's exactly do what it on, yeah, sure. do it on the Golden Girls. Not going to make sense. So it's you true. really have that's to true. look at, so what is... Uh, a, a, you
0: wish was just a horrible show. Okay? I, can, okay, I was going to ask you about that. You went there, thank you, because I was going to go there. Okay, what happened? What happened? What? Yeah, I mean, what, did something happen to your your, your mojo? Your your, uh, I, I, your
2: no 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 I was tired. <laughs> I was just I wasn't the showrunner. I was not the showrunner. <laughs> oh, okay. <man. laughs> gotcha. No, 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 no. Okay. I, I, was th- I was there like two nights a week to help. Okay. okay. So from the How'd concept of the show, the concept of this show was there's a single mom with three kids and they find out that they have a genie. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the mom doesn't want to use the genie because it'll spoil the kids. Mm. I'm sorry. If you've got a genie, uh, yeah, I'm rubbing the I'm rubbing the lamp.
0: I'm rubbing Mark, the lamp we got all a the time. yes, absolutely we got <laughs> a guy in our chat room. His name's Leon Barfield. He says, "My favorite Golden Girls line: uh, Sophia was with the pitcher in, in, in Sicily in, 1920, uh, in 1912, and tells a story. Can yes. you give us the backstory on that? What Leon's talking <laughs> about?
2: Well, so here <laughs> it's sort of interesting. So yeah, so they, so what? As I just said. There were four years of the Golden Girls before I got there. Mm-hmm. So I get there, and now the right, you know, there's some writers who have stayed on, okay, and they start bringing giving me scripts. And I see the first, and the character of Sophia used to do these stories, uh, picture at Sicily 1912. And I guess maybe it was the one that I just read in this first script. I didn't like it. I said, We're okay, let's cut this. And fortunately. Uh, Nina Feinberg who is our line producer said no 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 no. we do those all the time people love those <laughs> so I said oh okay well i'm not stupid i'm not you know i'm not going to make rose the smart one and i'm not if people so that's how that was the background so they happened before i got there those sicily stories um, i'm i'm glad they were her favorite
0: they yeah. were yeah mia <laughs> questions for mark
1: yeah and also, well, you were talking about Laverne and Shirley earlier. Um, what was your least character to write for, for Laverne and Shirley?
2: Least favorite?
1: Least favorite. Uh-huh.
2: Uh, between the two of them? Yes. Or uh, oh, oh. Um, Didn't have a least favorite. They it's would true. both, on different weeks, just blow me away. I mean, I go mm-hmm. to editing and watch it, you know, Um in person, Cindy Williams wasn't somebody who you know blew you away. The camera loved Cindy Williams.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'd go to I'd go to editing and go, "Wow, man!" You know, and they were just both brilliant physical comedians. It wasn't it. Uh, it was a contentious place to work. Okay, when, right. when I got yeah. there because Cindy had just had the entire writing staff fired,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: so mm-hmm. we were brought in uh, myself and Chris Thompson. Uh, and Judy Askins were brought in uh, as the new writers. And at the time, Laverne and Troy was the first show that the Inquirer really covered. Yeah. Because the fights between Cindy and Penny were pretty much public knowledge.
0: We, Yeah, we heard about it, too. The, I should tell people that uh, the, what Mark is relating can be told, uh, can actually be read, uh, in a semi-autobiographical format, yes. Uh, with time off for good behavior, yes. Yeah, with time off for bad behavior. For, uh, for, bad, oh, I'm bad,
2: sorry, behavior. for bad behavior, <laughs> time off for bad behavior, and all three of those are available on the Amazon. Yes. There you go.
0: Yeah, there you go. So uh, uh let's talk about this: working and writing for people. Let's, and I'm going to stay along this theme: okay, working cool. with and for people who can be. Let's say hard to do business with. Um, is that is that is French that, for pain? Is, is, that that French
2: be, for, is that French for pain in the ass? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, is, I I'm just checking. I don't speak right. that much French, so do you?
0: Do you? I want to do you continue to write the way you know how to write, or do you alter your style to suit certain people to keep them happy? How how does that, it's a it's a tightrope I'm sure, but which way uh, of the rope do you kind of lean toward? So
2: on the Vernon Shirley, mm-hmm. um, both of them and Lenny and Squiggy uh, had very strong ideas about what they wanted to do and how, and how it should sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I may have told this story even on the show before. Forgive me if I had. So I would get a call on Laverne and Shirley that would say, the ladies would like to see you on stage. Okay. And I would call my wife and say, "Uh, I'm not coming home tonight because I would know we're going to go down there and we're going to see something that has absolutely had nothing to do with the script. Yeah. But it's really funny. So now Mm -hmm. we have to do a big rewrite that night and somehow make this make sense. Yeah. I go to work on uh, Golden Girls number of years later, and mm-hmm. it's like two weeks in, and uh, I get a call from the stage, and they say, the ladies would like to see you on stage. And I'm like Pavlov's dog. It's like, oh, man, what the hell have I signed up for? And I go down there, <laughs> and Betty White wanted to change the word this to that. I don't want to say this one. I want to say that one. I, just this once, Betty, but let's not make a habit of this. And and she laughed right. about it. Um, <laughs> so it, here's the thing. Because I survived Laverne and Shirley, producers used to get fired all the time on that show, and I never got fired. Mm-hmm. I got to work with people like Danny Thomas and B. Arthur yeah. and, and Gary Sham, big stars, mm-hmm. and people who had reputations of being hard to work with. Yeah. All they wanted was good. Yeah. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. if you're working with somebody who's not great,
0: yeah. And they're a pain in the ass. It's <laughs> been a long night for you. That's a, pain <laughs> of, that's a pain in the ass. Well, let me let me talk to you about that. Because as you're telling the story, I'm thinking of something here. Um, This story that you tell, I'm sorry, that story that you tell yes. about Betty White. Yes. Is it because she knew that, she she knew her delivery style? Is that is that yeah, weird
2: yeah and she was just more comfortable saying it that saying way
0: that instead of this
2: yeah and on golden girls and actually every show that Wit thomas did so they mm-hmm. did um, uh, you know soap and uh all, all the shows that with thomas did sure it, it was a very writer-centric company they had so much respect for the written word the lady yeah. when everybody and it's you know, it, it's really rewarding. When people talk about Golden Girls, they talk mm-hmm. about the acting and the writing. They talk, they always talk about the writing. And the ladies in all their interviews talked mm-hmm. about the writing. So uh, there was just such great respect for what was on the page. Yeah. That un- unless they were really uncomfortable with something or something didn't make sense. And what I was telling before was how much rewriting goes on from that Monday to Friday. Yeah. They, we just see things that it's not funny enough, it's not working, it's not great enough. Yeah, um, we would shoot two shows on Friday: a four o'clock dress rehearsal
0: right.
1: and mm-hmm.
2: a seven o'clock real show. Yeah, and both in front of an audience. Now, the four o'clock mm-hmm. audience would tell you stuff that we thought was funny all week, not so funny. We're rewriting in between those two shows. Wow! And those ladies wow. will do the new jokes. So. Hmm. Yeah, the writing was great because also the acting was great. We would knew how hard they were working. Yeah. On Laverne and Shirley, there was less respect for the writing. And it was my my only regret about Laverne and Shirley was that none of us, we were all really pretty young. And none of us were mature enough to understand that our creative process was just difficult.
0: Hold that thought. I am going to go right there. But I'm up against a hard break. We'll be right back after this. you've made iHeartRadio the fastest growing music app in the us why because we connect you to all of your favorite music and radio stations in one free app and this fall prepare to take control of how you listen to the radio that song on your radio you just can't hear enough? Immediately replay and sing along again. Save. Save the music you love on the radio directly to your playlist. Play. Search for and play any song on demand. Get. Skip. Unlimited skips. Offline. Take the music from your favorite stations offline. Introducing iHeartRadio Plus and iHeartRadio All Access. Your radio now on demand. What's the Buzz podcast wants to welcome Radioactive FM 88.6 in Wellington, New Zealand, Radio Perth, Australia, and RTL Radio 102.5 in Milan, Italy. Welcome aboard, and welcome to the Buzz. Hey, Max, what's going on? I'm X, and from this moment on, I'm going to be your own personal A.I. DJ on Spotify. Let's go. Up next, I know you've been on a summer song kick lately, so I went back for some of your old summertime favorites. See if it warms you up. Next up, some of the music you had on A Lot back in 2018. Do you think of me? Walking out there. All right, Max, let's get you out of your fields and switch up the vibe. You've been into dance music lately. I got this brand new release to get you moving. Introducing DJ, the best of Spotify made just for you on Tap Away. Powered by AI, delivered by me, your very own DJ. We are back with What's the Buzz, America's Best Podcast. I'm Mad Dog DeCipio, along with Amelia Pitbull Chapman, our special guest tonight. Television writer, producer, director, Mark Sotkin. Mark, when last we left off, we were talking about uh, young writers, um, temperamental, contentious stars. Is there ever an acceptable time to blame an actor or actress for their difficulty? And uh, if so, what I I don't know if I'm going to say, what are the the circumstances that one might do that or do you never touch you never broach that subject
2: uh, I never did so um, mm-hmm. you know I I didn't create Laverne and Shirley I didn't create the golden girls I right. was uh, I was hired on, on well oiled machines
0: okay right
2: so it's not would never be my place to you know, to do that.
0: You mentioned earlier uh, one of my favorite shows. Even you know, I still watch it now in, in reruns. Uh, Soap. Yeah. The, the writers of that show, and I'm—I have a, a soft spot in my heart for writers because I like to write. Um, that was comedic brilliance at its absolute best for four seasons.
2: So, so what's amazing? Truly amazing. Um, uh, So that was a with Thomas Harris show and I was there doing I'm a big girl now while they were still doing soap. So I got Mm -hmm. they were doing 22 shows a year written almost exclusively by Susan Harris and Stu Silver. Two people. Yes. I had probably some of them were teams. So I had like 12 writers on Golden Girls. You have a writing staff when you're doing Mm -hmm. that much work. The, the 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 it, it is just amazing and, and Susan is is the person who created Golden Girls, All right? Um, you know, as well as Empty Nest, just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But to write that volume of material with two people, uh, and for it to be as good as as that yeah. was, and then you know, you're still watching it, uh, is extraordinary.
0: And so, Mark, the question then becomes. Where does that kind of gift come from? Cocaine. <laughs> uh, you, may, actually, you may be on to something. I actually, this I'm not even kidding, folks. I read an article today that said creativity and addiction are inextricably linked and almost exclusive to one another. So let's talk about that. Okay. So, um, so how high do you AI, have I don't. I don't think.
2: Susan was doing cocaine anyway. Anyway, so uh, the creative process is as much fun as, as it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes you a little crazy. People cut off their ears huh. and shit, right? When they're painting. Yeah. Um, and so, drug. You know, there's a lot. Drugs and alcohol can uh, smooth things out. And yeah. some, some people need it to go to that place. Um, I always found when I was working on shows, um, I couldn't do the producing part and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. Pot was always my drug of choice. I, I, I didn't do cocaine, I don't like alcohol. Mm-hmm. so But I couldn't, if, if I would smoke pot, I don't want to go to editing. I don't, you know, I just...
0: I would love to have been a writer, Mark, back in the 1950s in that Sid Caesar room. Well,
3: they were all drunk. Well, that's... And you know what? Or, or they were... People were smoking pot in the 50s, people. Yeah, and, oh, God, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's...
2: I worked with writers where I would tell them, you need to go out and take a couple hits because you're coming down.
0: It's funny because Sid Caesar said in one of the last interviews he ever did was the more liquor flowed, the funnier we got. And, I mean, and, really.
2: Well, and sometimes you think that's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. And you may or may not be like. <laughs> you
0: so, may or may not be right.
2: <laughs> right. So I, I, can't, I can't smoke pot and sit at the computer and write. Because yeah. I'm a writer who does not love to write, mm-hmm. and so if I'm at the computer, I'm googling something or I'm playing Free
0: Cell. I'm not writing. That's a confession you never exploited on the show before. <laughs> Which one that I don't? That you're like a to write? writer that no, that
1: you're,
0: oh, that you're <laughs> a writer that doesn't like to. Let's talk I about don't. that. I, you know <laughs> you when people go? T- oh, I love here six times. You've never told me that. Oh, people go. Oh, I'd love to write. It's like oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Amelia, <laughs> you know, um, well, so Mark in the
2: tonight. <laughs> However, so what I, what I, where I was going with this, sometimes I'll smoke some pot and go for a walk, and I will get a download or I will get some jokes mm-hmm. on
1: Absolutely. what I'm working mm-hmm.
2: it. But I can't sit and write, do the fade it, you know, write the exposition and all the stuff that you have yeah. to do. Uh, yeah, I can't yeah. do that if I'm smoking pot. I know well, what you're talking I you talking about for hours. Mean, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, go ahead, Amelia,
1: go. Yeah, I can understand what he's talking about, sitting there for hours and just sit there and write, write, write. You have to just take a break for a little bit and not just stare at that computer.
0: Uh.
2: Right?
1: Okay. <laughs> you just get away okay. from there. I know what you're talking about. It's yeah. just hard. I'd rather do
0: this than write, okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've got a question here. Um. So the creative process for everybody is different. Completely. Everybody has their own muse their own um, way of channeling their energy um, besides taking a few hits of some weed and taking a walk what other things do you do to, to, to loosen that creative spark or am I overthinking this
2: Yeah for me I mean I spend a lot of time alone okay mm-hmm. when when I when I when I was getting married, actually yesterday was my anniversary. we were married for fifty-four years. But before we
0: got married, mm-hmm. my oh yes, said, that's right. It was a happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yeah, we couldn't do it yesterday. Anyway, because we were going to have, I, I originally asked Mark yeah. to come on the fifth, right? Mm-hmm. But he couldn't because it was his anniversary. Yeah, we we're so. going out
2: to dinner anyway. Before I got married, my mother said to to Deborah, my wife, mm-hmm. you know, he spends a lot of time in his room, right? Because if you're not cool, we don't know what he's doing up there, but he spends a lot of time in his room. And fortunately, she's okay with that. So, Uh you know, there are times I go, you know what? Is this my process or is this just bullshit and I'm avoiding the work?
0: Well, that's. I I don't know which it is. That's a great segue, Marcus. I want to show people, if you don't mind, I want to show people the product, uh, the result of. Mm Mark spending too much time alone. Oh, um, cool. When you said at the beginning of the show, why do uh, why do I make you cry? Well, this is one of those reasons I cry. <laughs> Let's take a look. And now, a
3: Boomer Alley video. Today, from the Boomer Alley newsroom, a special investigative report. For years, Boomer men have been ridiculed for checking out younger women dirty old man, cradle robber, act your age, I've heard it all. Not about me, you know, mostly about my uh, dirty old cradle robbing friends, so this is not about me, okay? But why do men objectify women, treating them like pieces of meat, ignoring their brains, and how come women never seem to exhibit this kind of behavior? Or do they? You may be surprised what we found in this special Boomer Alley report, Eye Candy for Women, America's Dirty Little Secret. I go to spin class a couple of days a week, and most of the women in the class are baby boomers. Married baby boomers. And I've been going for quite a while, so it's a rare occasion that anything unusual happens in class. Well, lately, for the past few weeks, a younger man has been coming to class. We'll call him Jim because, well, his name is Jim. He's well-mannered. He's quiet. He doesn't warrant unwanted attention or advances. So what is it that has Jim's life turned upside down? Why can't he eat? Why isn't he sleeping? What's happened to Jim's self-esteem? Could the answer lie in the fact that the women in class are practically falling off their bike seats over this guy? Yes, it could. Jim has become, I Can For Women. I used my hidden flip video camera so you can see the shocking truth for yourself. Please excuse the quality of the picture, I had to hide the camera in my pants. Okay, here we are spinning. Now, normally Kathy, the instructor, will ask at some point, how's everybody doing? And we'll give a mildly enthusiastic <coughs> so she knows that everybody's awake and then we'll keep spinning. Well. Since Mr. Cutie Pie has gotten to class, things are a little different. Kathy still asks,
0: like
3: always, but how is everybody? Woo hoo! Woo hoo, indeed. And if that's not bad enough, then Kathy herself asks him, How is everybody? Who are you, women, kidding? You're as bad as we are. Poor kid. Now, is this an isolated case? Hardly. I want you to meet another young man. Let's call him Jim. But just because we don't wanna have to make another little name thing under him, listen to his story.
2: So I was walking and this woman pulls up next to me in her car and she says, if you get in the car, I'll give you some candy. So I got in uh, and she says, "Uh, I, I don't have any candy. You're the candy. I candy. I dropped out of college, Uh, I thought about becoming an exotic male dancer for a little bit, but I I can't really dance, and my mom won't let me. I haven't been sleeping at night, and I've been breaking out in a sweat every time I hear Katie Couric say the words, Stimulus Package.
3: After that spin class, I asked Jim how he felt. Well, you know I've got a brain. I'm not just a piece of meat. This is dirty. Do you hear that, ladies? I'm not a piece of meat. I have a brain. That's right. We men have feelings. Sometimes we we hurt. I'd like you to think about that the next time you're checking out some young dude. And for your Boomer guys, next time you decide to look over some young miss, well, I think now we're pretty much off the hook. Enjoy. That's what I think. Let me know what you think. I'm Mark at BoomerAlly.com
0: makes me laugh every fucking time I watch it. That's hilarious. Where did that come from? You got it, you have to fill me in. That's hilarious. That's four minutes. It's probably the longest four minutes of your life. But it was four minutes of fucking brilliance. It
2: was it was true. I I, I took a lot of spin. I actually wound up teaching spinning for a long time. I was a spin instructor. But that's when I was still just taking spinning and yes it was a class with mostly People in my mm-hmm. demographic and this young guy showed up and yeah <laughs> so, i mean that, that so that was boomer alley and uh that was kind of a, a weekly video that i did for a few years uh made a couple hundred over a hundred of them maybe i don't know how many um you can find them on mark <laughs> So they're
0: all there and uh yeah well, Mark, let me ask you about that. Does real life make great fodder for um, for comedy?
2: Well, that's all. We all poop. And we all <laughs> find it funny. I, so my three-year-old granddaughter, okay, um, started telling knock-knock jokes. And she goes, knock-knock, who's there? Orange. And she still doesn't get the idea of, of punchlines. Mm -hmm. and no one's doing it. She goes, knock, knock, orange, and nobody cares. (laughs) A couple weeks ago, my son sends me a video. She goes, knock, knock, who's there? Poop. Okay. Now, and everybody is dying because this three-year-old is saying poop. I'm sure they figured it out at preschool that, you know, that that's around when you start figuring it out. Farts are funny. Poop is funny. We all, it's, you know. It's just the human condition. So, only real life is funny.
0: That's remarkable. How do you take? Kind of, I'm gonna gonna go like in this direction. How do you take uh, a tragic event or um, uh, a real life event that's not so funny and make make light of it? How do you get people to kind of see the humor in the darkness? So, the the
2: best the best thing I think maybe I've I've written ever, but the best episode I've ever written um, on Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Ebb Tides. If you have Hulu, it's season five, I believe. It's called Ebb Tides Revenge, and in Golden Girls, there was a character who was Dorothy's brother, Sophia's son. Yeah. Still, who was never seen, okay? right? But he was a cross dresser,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and they God, always make jokes
2: yeah, yeah. about cross dressing. I remember, and, and I killed Phil, okay? So I did that funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's very touching parts of it, and there's very funny part. I mean, he was a cross dresser, so that makes it somewhat easier, yeah. Um, people laugh
0: at you know, um. Is I, that the episode, Marcus, uh, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but I, if I'm, I'm remembering this right, I, I, and I hope to God I am, is that the episode where Blanche comes out in this flaming red
2: dress? Right in the oh, right in the opening.
0: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. that's the, Okay, that was hilarious, by yeah. the way. And
2: she comes out with the red, and she goes, I'm ready, and Dorothy is yeah, uh, to and run with the bulls in and uh, that's her funeral dress yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah there's lots of uh, I don't I, you know I don't remember every joke I wrote but one of the so here's comedy here's the the, the, the work of comedy writing okay uh, Dorothy in that first scene says to Rose Rose have you ever given a eulogy and mm-hmm. Rose says at a funeral <laughs> and Dar- right and then Dorothy goes no and at first I said, I had it as no at an all-you-can-eat buffet, no at a, <laughs> no, but that was, and that was okay. But I, and then it just came, you know, it's that work of, is this funny enough? And she goes, no, Rose, at a pie-eating contest. contest yeah. <laughs> pie-eating contest is funnier than all-you-can-eat buffet.
0: Buffet, absolutely. Okay. So that's,
2: that's the professional comedy writing part. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know this is funny.
0: But it's not it yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a question that I'm going to let Amelia piggyback off this. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you ever hear your material come out of other people or other shows? I don't know what you call it, plagiarism or uh, homage to Mark. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, not really. You say that in a sad way. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know.
2: I wish I had someone to sue, you know? <laughs> Go ahead, Amelia. It's
0: all yours, kid.
1: No, it's like, you know, how he was saying, you know, about that. What, like, what was your favorite line that you've ever written for anyone, for any show?
0: Favorite line? Wow.
1: Um,
0: that kind
2: so of I, wide I, open question. I, I don't have a favorite.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, for some reason, I, I, I am particularly fond of fighting contests. Um <laughs> also in that show uh when is doing her eulogy mm-hmm. uh she talks about when she and phil were kids uh i remember eating ice cream on the stoop yeah i remember going through the drawers at grandma's house i remember dressing up as the Brontë sisters
1: mm-hmm.
2: not the funniest joke in the world but mm-hmm. it got a a it got a good laugh but it was, it was smart enough for Dorothy. Yeah. The fact that they were dressing up as the Bronte sisters. And I'm not particularly, I don't read a lot. Of them, I'm not well-read. But again, <laughs> when you're writing and you go, oh, the Brontes. I, I, I think there were two of them.
1: <laughs> well, something that <laughs> so, they did together. Well, I like
2: that joke because it's it's really smart.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's one of my favorites. I've got, you know, I've got a few, mm-hmm. but yeah.
1: And also, did you ever like, let's say, for example, if one of them crocheted or knitted something, did you ever incorporate that into the scene while oh, they were absolutely. like
2: this? So you mean if they did that in their personal in their yes. real life?
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, probably more on *Laverne and Shirley* because they would bring stuff from their, you know, Penny Marshall. Go, *Laverne and Shirley* for me was like graduate school in terms of physical comedy between Penny and Gary Marshall and and all all of them. But Penny used to say, "No one, no one sits just just sits and talks.
0: Yeah, someone's
2: always doing something. Whether you're playing with a pencil, and if you're playing with a pencil, then you start cleaning your ear with it. What's going to be funny with the pencil? Mm
1: -hmm. Nobody
2: just sits and talks. Well,
0: I I know something. I'm sorry, what? I, I know something that Penny did bring to the show that she did in her personal life. She used to, in her real life, she used to drink Pepsi and milk. Yeah, milk and Pepsi, yeah. Exactly, her, and she did yeah. bring that. Oh, the Schumiel
2: Schumazel was, you know, mm-hmm. when, when kids used to, girls used to do jump rope, and they used to do all those. Yeah, it, exactly. It was actually early rapping. <laughs> yeah, right, uh, exactly. That, that was uh, that was from Penny's youth, the whole Schumiel Schumazel thing.
0: Mark, there was I saw recently outtakes of the Golden Girls, and there was a scene I just fell on the floor. It was an outtake of a Betty White, uh, Rue McClanahan, and B. Arthur sitting at a round table, and apparently Betty went up on her lines. She forgot completely what, and she started to go into the spiel. She started to make up a story on the spot and it got more elaborate and more exaggerated. And I could see, you know, and B. Arthur was pretty, you know, stout faced, you know, but she never really showed much. But I saw her like go like this and she was turning and Rue McClanahan was just like lost it. Did you ever, was it ever appropriate? To take a moment like that and use it in a show where they just completely lost it and just first of all they that didn't happen very
2: often mm-hmm. there there weren't a lot you know there wasn't like a big blooper reel for the Golden Girls um, you know they might go up on a line and then you go back and you shoot the line again um, right but the answer no the answer is no because you'd be you know, getting off story.
0: Right. Um, I just, I thought about that because uh, I saw it, re- it was maybe two, three weeks ago. I saw it on YouTube and it was just so damn funny because it was organic. Mm-hmm. And watching Betty White sit there and just embellish upon embellish, it was just hilarious. So and I- she was funny and fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, well, she had a quick wit, boy. (laughs) Um, Did you ever, was it ever appropriate, I'll use that word, was it ever appropriate, if you had knowledge of what, of some things that they did in their private life, was was it ever okay to incorporate that in a storyline? Could you ever make fun of that? No? Yeah. Mm. (laughs) No. I was curious about that. Go ahead, Bill.
1: No, uh, they're probably, telling us, why'd you do that?
0: <laughs> uh, you know, they,
2: first of all, I don't think, I, I, <laughs> I was never really that friendly with any actors. Mm-hmm. Probably Gary Shanley was the closest because we met before he he, you know, we met very early on. So we were friends. Yeah. So I, 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 I did never used to spend that much time with actors. So I wouldn't know that much about what was going on in their private lives. So, yeah, it, it didn't really come up.
0: A lot of people translate very well from stand-up comedy to sitcom. Uh, and some fail miserably at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Shanley was one of those guys I thought was far better. He worked at it,
2: uh, uh, mm-hmm. Gary. I told I was actually introduced him to the acting teacher that he wound up with. Mm. Um, he worked on his craft. I was uh, going to say because
0: yeah, he was, that was really good. He was really really good in that no, he show. Worked,
2: he worked very and, he, and so Roy London was his acting teacher, and Roy, uh, and when he passed away, Ivana Chubbuck who took over Roy's classes and whatnot. Gary, Gary worked every week with the script.
0: Yeah, he uh, was. I I really missed it. He was really really good. Yeah. Um, Amelia, final questions for Mark before we let him go.
1: Uh, just uh, what would you like to promote on the show? What you're doing, or any books, or anything like that?
2: Just you know, the novels are available on Amazon. Uh, I haven't been on the website. <laughs> recently. But I think like the first 50 pages of each of the novels is there so you can get a taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the the Boomer Alley videos are there and the decision that you, uh, that, that uh, Angela mentioned, which was a short that I wrote and mm-hmm. acted in. So all that stuff's on Mark's Yeah, Mark's books
0: are mm-hmm. uh, just to give a, a recap on Mark's books, they are With Time Off for Bad Behavior, The Comatose Adventures of Lenny Rose, and kind of dirty Paris confessions and yes. much of them are available The fact they're all available yep. on mark or you can buy uh on amazon no, they're
2: available on amazon and they're available books or kindle or mark will get the money either way
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I know. I know that he loves your crystals and i know i loved them too so do you have any new collection any oh, I'm not
2: allowed. I'm not allowed anymore.
1: <laughs> You're not allowed any more collection, or
2: we've downsized. I'm not. No, I'm not allowed to bring home crystals.
1: Oh. I'm not allowed to
2: watch infomercials. Um, oh Lord! <laughs> so no, no, no new rocks.
0: Well, I, I promise, Mark, it, it will not be a year before right. I bring you back again. Exactly. That, that I promise you, oh, Amelia. It's, what do we got? Good to see up you guys, everyone. Always good to
1: see you guys. Oh, absolutely. It was fantastic to see you as well. Well, tomorrow we have uh, the Ring of the Bell show. We have a great episode. It was actually by popular demand. We're going to be bringing back the Chris Benoit. It was a death or suicide or suicide.
0: Yeah, the murder-suicide of professional wrestler Chris Benoit. Mm -hmm. Was it actually a murder-suicide or, as some people believe now, Right, it was a mafia hit with Chris Benoit. Get too deep with the mob. What happened with Chris Benoit? Mm-hmm. We right. will examine right. new evidence in that case, Amelia. What else mm-hmm. is coming up?
1: We have uh Todd Lautenberg and uh Juliana, was it Opava?
0: Yeah, uh, Jolana Opava and Todd Lautenberg. They are filmmakers from Florida. Todd is a comedian, actor, his wife is a producer, director. They will be here. Talking about their new film called
1: Fluff. Yes, October uh, the 12th. And then the 13th, we have Ronnie Marmo coming back. Ron Marmo,
0: award Emmy Award winning actor, uh, multiple award winning actor Ron Marmo, whose one man show, I'm Not a Comedian, I'm Lenny Bruce, was opened uh, some time ago to rave reviews directed by, uh, again, Emmy Award winning actor Joe Montana. Yes. And, and that Ronnie can be seen, of course, on criminal intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and any number, or go to his IMDb. He's got a, a lot oh, of absolutely. credits, boy. Got a lot absolutely. of credits. Um, only Mark Sockin has more.
1: <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> so, on behalf of.
1: Yes. Oh, also, Mark real Sockin, quick, uh, we did lose a, a country legend. Oh, yes. I'm sorry,
0: Neil. Sure, yes. Please, please, tell everybody what happened.
1: Yeah, he, uh, of course, he had a stomach cancer. And, of course, he was trying to do radiation and chemotherapy. But, of course, we lost the country music legend, Toby Keith. And I just wanted to say to his family that he will be missed. And uh, as they say, we're going to raise a solo cup. And I know they raised one for you in heaven. And uh, they let the old man in. And, of course, uh, fly with the angels until we meet again, Toby Keith.
0: Absolutely. Well, on behalf of Mark Shopkins.
1: On behalf of
0: Amelia, the Pitbull Chapman, I am the Mad Dog, Angela the Scipio. We will see you tomorrow night on Ring the Bell. Take care, everybody. Be good. Be kind to each other. Good night.